0: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk cheese. Recorded live. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Freedom Fighters for America World Radio at www.freedomfightersforamerica.com. It is October 1st, 2015. Coming up next, Al Cuppett doing his show. Al is a former action officer from the Joint Chiefs of Staff out of the Pentagon, now retired, and up next. Now the Battle Hymn of the Republic to start the show. Freedom Fighters for America World Radio is sponsored by Freedom Fighters for America. And thank you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Freedom Fighters for America World Radio. And now the host of the show, up on the fantail, ladies and gentlemen, Al Cuppett. Al? Let's see if we can get the lady to unmute you. Hold on one second, folks. Okay, I think that does it. Uh Al?
1: Yes, sir. Got it, brother. Thank you.
0: Thank you, sir. I
1: heard the the young lady tell me I'm unmuted. Uh, (laughs) uh, My wife tries to keep me pretty much muted around the house, but that doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you folks out there, you might think that's uh, strange, but it's not. I have been muted around my house for the last 19 years uh, if they had their way, but uh, they haven't got their way. And, uh, unfortunately, my family hasn't heard a lot of good things about me for about 19 years now. not my fault. I'm about to read a letter here after we pray, and I sent it to my daughter, and I sent it to my grandson and said, hey, look at this, but I'll get to that in just a moment. I've got a, some additional prayer requests. Jackie has uh, was some requests here, and, uh. So I will tell you those, needs, those, those names when we get to them. And as we do in Acts chapter 4, verses 24 to 31, I want every one of you listening tonight. I know there's at least one listening. And there may be a few more, but if there's one, that's fine. She's asked for several several names, and I'll read them. And... Uh, the Lord is. Uh, when you hear me pray, uh, I mentioned Milton. We've been praying for Milton now for some months, and his he no longer has to do chemo. Um, no longer has to do dialysis. His kidneys have started working. The doctors were amazed. I know Milton personally. I've known him since 1986. He's not a born-again Christian that I know of. At least not the last time I saw him. But uh, you never know. He didn't say a whole lot. He was at a funeral, and uh, he was in the back. And I know he's been off a of dialysis over a month and a half now. doctor said his kidney is working fine, evidently. Uh, he has no ill effects at this point from anything. So I consider that a miracle from heaven. I don't know if my prayers helped or not, but those of you praying out there, I'm sure the Lord heard them. In this case, he's answered. Alright, we're gonna we're gonna pray tonight for several needs and uh you all pray along in Acts four verses twenty four to thirty one. You need to look it up in your Bible. Acts chapter four, starting at verse twenty four. That's how they prayed in the old testament Church, New Testament church, and that's how they prayed in my grandfather's church. Great uncle's church, that's how we prayed in Vietnam, that's how we prayed in Hawaii, that's how we prayed in Germany. And uh, that's how we prayed for a couple of times, a few times, back in the States from 84 on. But it's tapered off now, and the power of the Holy Spirit is limited, of course, by not adhering to God's Word. It says in there, they lifted up their voices in one accord. They were in one accord for whatever the need was, and they were all praying out loud together. That's how it's been my whole life until recently. In the last uh, 18 years, I saw it once in Texas when I went out to speak in Nederland, Texas. Folks in Omaha didn't know how to do it, but I showed them. Now, the folks in Texas had three sisters. One was a missionary to China, and those three sisters in that group met out there. They knew how to pray in one accord out loud. All of them together. It works. So... Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you tonight, asking you to forgive us of our sins, words, trespasses, or deeds, Lord, that we might bring these needs before your throne and before your altar, Lord. Thank you for your blessings, past, present, and in the future, for what you have promised you're able to perform. And, Lord, we can now go down this list. We pray, Lord God, that you'd bless Israel and Jerusalem, to pray for the peace of Jerusalem in this critical time, which we'll discuss. We ask you to be with Prime Minister Netanyahu, President Reuben Reuben. We ask you to spare the elect and the very elect as many as is possible from the coming Holocaust. And, oh Lord, by the blood of Jesus, we ask that you would, that we plead that you would spare the Jewish folks that are that are clueless in this country that don't see the Holocaust coming upon this nation. We pray for Harriet out of Wisconsin. We pray for Scott's mom. She's asked for prayer. We pray for Stan and his venture in New Ink, New Jersey. And we pray for Linda and Tammy and Austin and Myron and Ted and uh, the Johnson family. We pray for Catherine, John and Jean, Justin and Aaron, for Isaac, Lou, and Nisha down in Ecuador and in Chile. We pray for Rosemary, who's now... Being treated by a doctor down in Florida, we ask you, Lord, to bring her back to us. Or if it be thy will, Lord, you may call her home if you feel it's your will to take her home. We turn her over to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, if that's your will, Father. She's been a faithful sister, and there's a crown of righteousness laid up for her in heaven, Lord. We ask you to be with her this night. Thank you, Jesus. We pray for Jim and Phoebe. We ask that you'd ask them to pray, Lord, for my son and my family. We'd ask you for Elizabeth and Herbert, and would you ask Elizabeth, Lord, to pray for my family. To pray for Jack and LaDonna. Thank you, Lord, for their good fortune and providential good fortune out there in Texas. To pray for Bob and Norma in these critical times. We pray for Shane and Lisa and Tony and Caroline, especially Caroline, Lord, that she might be saved and you might touch this cancer, but mainly, Lord, that you would save her soul, that she should not perish without knowing you as Savior. We pray for Sarah, Ted, and Karen over in the land of Sinim, We pray for my son Donald by the blood of Jesus, Michael and David. Pray for Leslie and Joyce. We plead the blood of Jesus. Over Mike and David, Lord, watch over them and protect them from the evil one and his evil devices. We pray for Linda, we pray for Pat, Kevin, Matt, Kelly, Teddy, Kristen, Mike, and Bill. And Lord, if there be one here that's not saved, we ask you, O oh Lord, that you might spare their soul at any cost, save their soul at any cost. We pray for Susan out in Chicago. We pray for Milton, we thank you for his testimony or his healing we trust we'll hear a testimony from his own lips if a paling of dawn in maryland a sister mary in washington and we pray for sister mary and sister marjorie over in the land of scotland lord where the great john knox used to preach your gospel that queen mary used to tremble at john knox's preaching O god we may be blessed O lord that the saints of god will be blessed by our prayers and that may hell itself quake at the prayers of the faithful. In Jesus' name, we pray for Jonathan in Garrett County, Maryland. We pray for Jackie. We pray for Dale and Heather, Dan, Jordan, Jason, and Mackenzie. And Devin, Lord, we pray for him. Watch over those folks, Lord, and come against the powers of hell. Satan, we force you out of the picture. Rebuke you in the name of Jesus that you not touch those names and those people we're praying for this night. Lord, send harbors, uh, labors into the harvest that they might touch those that we're praying for. Bless the listeners tonight. Oh, God, we come against femininity and same-sex and the other garbage, abortion and porno, witchcraft, pedophilia. We come against all sin, oh, God, but these principally because, Lord, they will stop the human race if they aren't stopped. And now, Lord, bless the listeners, the program, and the producer. In the name of Jesus, in the name of the only one born of God, the only begotten Son of God, in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. All right, folks. i want to read a letter here. I read it on the... Uh radio last on the program last week I'm going to read it again I'm going to read a scripture here to you if I can find my Bible it's in this stack of papers I'm reading from Luke 21st chapter and it says there and as they speak of the temple how it was adorned with goodly stones and gifts he said As for these things which ye behold, the days will come in the which there shall not be one left one stone of one another that shall not be thrown down. And they asked him, saying, Master, but when shall these things be? And what will what sign will there be when these things shall come to pass? And he says, Take heed ye not deceived, for many shall come in my name. And he reads off a whole litany of terrible things. And then he says, and there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity and the seas and waves roaring. Right now, off the coast of the United States, there's a category four hurricane. It is poised to give us catastrophic flooding. And it says here that men's hearts will be failing them, failing them for fear and looking and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Brother <laughs> so Bob us about four years ago, there was going to be a massive sea surge come up the Chesapeake Bay and crash into Baltimore Harbor. This may not be the one. It could be. It may not be. They're not quite sure how this hurricane is going to go, but I knew it was dangerous enough. I called three of my high school graduate friends and told them, you better be careful. And the one folks live about a quarter mile from the sea, ocean. And I have enough faith in what Bob said and what I see coming that I think they ought to leave and go at least 100 miles to the west. Go so two of them, you can come to my house. I already told the other one that they could come if they were afraid. But I haven't heard from them, but I've told them sea is roaring, folks. Tonight, as we talk on this program, the Atlantic Ocean is fixing to roar. I got a letter I read last time around, and I'm going to read it again. Dated the 20th of September, 2015. Dear Pastor Al. Now, I've never called myself a pastor on this program. That's her term. To use that word, I wanted to write... This to you, to praise the Lord Jesus and to bless and thank you for healing deliverance from a urinary tract infection while on a Mega Man radio, September 17th. Evidently, she was praying along. The saints of God were praying along, and this thing happened. I haven't got the full particulars, and I might never get, but I got enough here to read it on the radio. I am so grateful and thankful for healing from the Lord. Praise his holy name. I wanted to let you know that I inherited from my dad a 1938 King James Bible that belonged to my grandma. I am blessed to have received it and thank the Lord for it. Pastor Al, until I heard you preach regarding the King James Bible being the only anointed word of God, I have been reading every other version of the Bible. That's when I even did read it. I read them all but the King James Bible. Also, my Aunt Thelma, who will be 91 in November, wrote regularly in her letters to me that the King James Bible is the only anointed word of God. That is a very important thing. Some folks don't understand this, but that's all right. They're not up to it yet, but hopefully they'll be saved one day and understand it. Well, since I've been reading and meditating with only the King James Bible, the Lord has been blessing and increasing my faith and knowledge. Praise God. It's not like my sister-in-law, Rose. Well, praise God. Thank you, and God bless you again, Pastor Al. May the Lord Jesus continue to bless you and anoint you in your preaching or ministry of preaching. Well, that's what you want to call it, sister. (laughs) It's not a whole lot yet, but it will be one day. Hallelujah. Praise his holy name. Signed, Karen. Out in in the dry state of California. And that's another issue we could talk about, the dry state of California. All right. I want to read uh, Jerry Golden's report also. A war like none other. And we know the Russians are up there now with their weapons and they're causing trouble. And our president has not a clue what he should do. Because his God is Allah, the moon God. And Allah is not going to answer his prayers. And that's thus saith the Lord. Here in Israel, our generals and military strategists all agree that ISIS is not anywhere near our largest war threat. They also all agree that this coming war, that they, they are expecting it very soon, will be the most difficult by far of any of Israel's past wars. We know we're fighting an enemy which has no rules of war. They have no honor or scruples. Terror is their weapon. Killing innocent women and children is always their goal and their first target. The idea has been very busy in preparations for this coming war, knowing that South Lebanon and the Golden Heights will will be the front where the majority of the threat of hundreds of thousands of missiles are sitting and already aimed at our cities throughout Israel. Now, Brother Bob saw this attack about six or eight years ago, coming out of Syria and Lebanon.
0: The Israelis were
1: scared to death. They had almost given up. All of a sudden, God Almighty intervenes of the power of the host of God, and he stands on the heights of Lebanon. And he looks across at Russia, up, and up to Russia, up north, and says, come on. He looks to west of China, east of China, and says, come on. He looks at the Arab worlds below down in the southwest, and he says, come on. He looks to South Africa, and he says, come on. The African continent says, come on. He looks to South America, and he says, come on. Daring him to come. To face the legions of angels that are ready to do battle. And then he looked at America and Canada, and he started weeping. Because we won't be heard of. We'll not be heard from. All right. To this armchair quarterback, that's Jerry, it seems suicidal to just sit here and wait for the attack. I speak as many old-timers in Jerusalem. They all believe Israel is in very deep trouble and are worried about this next war, knowing that many will die this time, unlike any of the past wars. In the past, the northern front was Hezbollah in southern Lebanon. Today, that front has expanded with ISIS and other Islamic organizations in Syria closing in on the Golden Heights. There were two rockets fired into that area, and Israel responded in kind about a week ago. They're now planning the north of Jerusalem to activate, evacuate hundreds of thousands of Jews from their homes, moving them further south. But in it, Will be a major that in itself will be a major undertaking, considering the fact we will be under intense attack. It is also known that it's not just a war with Hezbollah this time. For the Lebanese army, has also seen patrolling together, and Hezbollah is now an official part of the Lebanese government, meaning Israel will not just go after Hezbollah but all of Lebanon. That's like they did back in '82, folks. That's when they caught and dug up 500,000 units of of equipment ready to be used against Israel and they tucked it all home. A couple billion dollars worth of Russian equipment hidden under five cities in humidified dehumidified storage containers and rooms. Also knowing that it will be necessary to hit them with everything and harder than anyone would ever expect. And they know that as well they know that as well, but we're not talking about normal soldiers. We're talking about animals who love death more than we love life. It is all known that Hezbollah it is also well known that Hezbollah is not operated on its own. It is under the control of Iran. And many believe, including me, that what Hezbollah is waiting for is the nuke from Iran to hit Israel. It's then that they want to march into Israel behind the barrage of missiles upon our cities. So they think. If you're anything like me, Jerry says, and many Israelis, the question is, what is Israel waiting for? If there's ever a case for a preemptive preemptive strike, it is now. This war will have no resemblance to this recent wars in Gaza. Israel will not stop when the U.S. says stop. They will not stop until we see a white flag of surrender from, from the Islamists. Now the Lord's going to make sure that the story stops. I'm going to tell you that right now. i just give you the scenario. Many, many are wondering if this will kickstart the Third World War. My guess is it depends on what part Iran plays. But the chances are very high that it will. You might be wondering, what about this miniature to save European Jews' lives? One thing is certain, the Muslims throughout all of Europe will go crazy when this starts, and the first target will be the Jews of Europe. Right. If the Lord stops a thing in Israel, they're going to go after the Jews just about everywhere. That's my comment. It's our greatest desire to have the right things in the right place and in the right places. And we know we have precious little time to get that done. And as you would expect, you hear me say again, quote unquote, we don't have the needed finances to get some of it done. So we need some financial blessing. And it's through the ones that God has joined to this ministry that will have to be the ones in the way to get it done. The time for the U.S. dollar and the U.S. also are very short. We all have some very important decisions we must make, and quickly, for those who know God's Word, you know what you must do. For those who don't know God, they need to learn it It is only God who can save them. That's the Lord Jesus Christ who is manifest in flesh, God manifest in flesh, and the Word that dwelt among us for 33 and a third years. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem and our son and the idea of soldiers. Pray for this ministry and your part in it. Now, if you lost sinners out there, if you're lost, i am got a track I'm going to read. I'm going to read this tract. It's a tract to those who go through life, peace, joy, and love, and Even some people who in churches, many, many people in churches who think they're really good Christians, they think. There's a terrible roar in the house, and the father wakes up, and the kid says, Father, Father, what's that noise? Oh, man, that sounds like hail. It is hail. Bastard, my my crops are ruined. I've been cursed the next morning. Everything's gone, son. We're ruined. What are we going to do, Dad? Maybe I can borrow from the bank. We're in deep trouble, boy. Crops are ruined by the hail. Crop, hail can strip off every blade of grass and every leaf of a tree if it's if it's bad enough. That afternoon, in the bank, more money? Ha ha! You already have a loan you can't pay back. Is it my fault the hail ruined your crop? The bank will own your Farm in just a few days. You're out of luck, John Freeman. Next week, I want you and that crippled boy of yours off our property. You understand? John Freeman says, I'll fix you for this, Elmer Boggs. If I get a chance, I hate the ground you walk on. So what? Most people do hate the ground I walk on, but I don't get paid for being loved. Now, you take your worthless hide and get out of here. Get out of this bank and don't come back. Back at the farm. John Freeman is saying, I'd sell my soul if I could keep this farm. Here comes a guy walking down the road in a coat and tails and a high hat. Mm, That's music to my ears. He wants to sell his soul. Knock, knock, knock. John Freeman, yes. Fox is my name. B. Fox. Allow me to shake hands with a wealthy man. You must be crazy. I'm poor as a church mouse. I'm not crazy, Mr. Freeman. You don't know it, but you're sitting on a fortune. Let me explain. I bought a map showing where treasure is buried on your property. If you sign this contract, we'll split half and half. Well, okay, I'm for that. Where do I sign? Oh, wait a minute. There's just one little hitch, um... It's very, really unimportant, but after you die, I get your soul. My soul? Ha! What a joke, man. You get my soul? Ah, come on. Where do I sign? No, no, no. Wait a minute, Mr. Freeman. Whoa, 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 whoa. You sign this contract with your blood, not up to plain old wink. Is this guy crazy? He thinks? Is this guy Fox crazy? What's going on? Well, he signs it, and they're out looking across the property. He's looking at the map. This treasure should be about fifteen paces west of that old stump. And old John Freeman's digging away. How we doing partner? Punk, punk. Hit something. It's an old metal box. Yahoo, we're rich. Yes indeed, but don't you have a promise to keep? What promise, man? Your promise to fix Mr. Boggs. Oh, my Boggs. Oh, well, how? I got a plan. And so they're in the bank. And there stands Boggs. And the bank president is standing kind of looking on. I'd like to put this in your bank, but I can't. Good heavens, why not? Because, Mr. Boggs, you told me never to come in here again. And the bank president says, Boggs, did you say that to Mr. Freeman? Or, uh, well, uh, uh, yes, sir. You're fired. Get out. But, sir, where do I go? What do I do? I'm I'm old. That's your problem, Boggs. And old Mr. Fox says, hey, Mr. Freeman, nothing like revenge, huh? Nothing like revenge. Two weeks later, John Freeman visits his cousin Bob Good and tells him about his good luck. John, you said you signed a contract and he'd get your soul? Yep. You fool. Don't you know what you've done? I don't care how much you've got, cousin John. I'd never be so stupid i I'd never be so stupid. Your soul is priceless. Well, you know, John, I've always been a God-fearing man. I believe in the Ten Commandments. I do much as good as possible, and I avoid all forms of evil, John. Hey, John, what does that B stand for in that, Mister B Fox? It stands for Beelzebub. Beelzebub? Man, that's a satanic name. John Freeman, you'll never get out of that contract. You're doomed to hell. (laughs) Anyhow, ten years later, John Freeman's mansion. He's dying, and he says, the doctor says, I'm sorry, John, but you have about four weeks to live. Doctor, time goes fast. Now I'm doomed to hell for what I've done. I've been a fool. What'd you do, John? I signed a contract with the devil. He gets my soul. Uh, it doesn't work that way, John. By well, the blood of Jesus, it doesn't work that way. The devil's a created being with unlimited with limited power. But Jesus Christ is God Almighty with unlimited power. Jesus loves you. That's why he came to earth to die on the cross, to wash away your sins with his precious blood. Jesus wants to set you free by coming into your heart. If you let him in, that power is yours, that unlimited power. The Bible says, greater is he, that is Christ, that is in you, than he, Satan, that is in this world, that is in the world. You mean there's a way out? Yes, there's a way out, John absolutely John turn away from your sins and ask Jesus to come into your heart ask him to forgive your sins and he will save you from from hell and take you to heaven okay I will I will man and he prays a prayer of repentance and a week later he goes to visit cousin Bob Good John what are you doing here man I, I got some wonderful news to share with you Bob man you look terrible One hour later, you stop preaching to me, John. I don't need it. I don't sound like a fanatic. You sound like a fanatic. God will weigh my good deeds against my bad deeds and welcome me into heaven. I don't need what you've got. I'll make it my way. For it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. For all have seen and come short of the glory of God at John Freeman's funeral, the preacher's preaching. John is now safe in the arms of Jesus. Baloney, says his cousin. He's in hell. He couldn't get out of that contract. He's on his way home with a horse and buggy. It's starting to rain. Get up, get up. Look at that lightning. Crash! A big tree falls on him. Crushes the, tr- the wagons of the buggy,
0: and here he stands on the
1: gates of hell, fire burning everywhere, and here stands mr. Mr. Fox. This is insane. Why am I here? Who are you? Nelson Fox is the name. This will be your home, your new home, Bob, Good forever. Well who was in this place, except the little children except the little children in that other group? The other group being the true born-again Christians. Not the Catholics or the Methodists or the Baptists or anybody who just goes to church, whatever. They must be born again, okay? The rich, the poor, the atheists, and the religious. And the filthy the filthy, and lots of good-living people like yourself, Bob Good. Isn't that a surprise? Well, then, then my cousin... John Freeman is here, right? Wrong. John's in heaven. He slipped out of my hands. It was close. But the contract. I didn't have a contract with you. You can't get my soul. You fool. I don't need a contract. I've got everyone anyway. Except that little group that accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior and repented of their sins. And that's how it is, folks. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth to eternal life, and few that be that enter in thereat. Few. What must I do? God loves you and wants you to experience peace and eternity in heaven. Admit your need that I'm a sinner, that you're a sinner. I am a sinner, tell yourself. Be willing to turn from sin and repent. Believe that Jesus died for you on the cross and rose from the dead. Through prayer, invite Jesus to come into your heart and control your life. Receive him as Lord and Savior. Here's what you pray. Dear Father, I know I'm a sinner and need forgiveness. I believe that Christ died for my sin. I'm willing to turn from my sin. I now invite Jesus Christ to come into my heart and life as my personal Savior. I am willing, by God's grace, to follow and obey Christ as the Lord of my life. If your answer was yes and you did it, then this is a grace Make new beginning, the beginning of a great, wonderful life right now. Read your King James Bible every day. Get to know Jesus better. Talk to God in prayer every day. Tell others about Jesus. If you've prayed about it, have the Lord tell you who to go see. Be baptized, worship, and fellowship. Serve with other true Christians in a church where Christ is preached. Now, you might not find one, so that's not the case. Can't find one, then you need to stay home and pray every day yourself. you find somebody, come along. You can listen to this program as long as it's on the air, and I'll tell you how to stay saved. That's to get out of your bed in the morning and pray early. Open your King James Bible after praying about a half hour, and read your Bible. Look through it for a word to speak to you. If you will hear the word the Lord talk to you and pray for about two hours? Seek the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but make sure you're born again saved before you do that. You're seeking the Holy Spirit. If you're not born again saved and you start seeking some baptism, whatever it is, you won't get the baptism of the Holy Ghost because you're not saved first. You'll get a spirit, all right. So don't go praying for the baptism of the Holy Ghost unless you're born again saved. And if you're born again saved, you'll know it. If you would say to me, Al, I don't know if I'm saved. Well, you're not. Spirit of God will give witness and bear witness that you are a child of God. You'll know it when it happens. The storm. The storm is coming up the coast. We had a shooting today. All these people were shot. Here we go again with the Manchurian candidate. They're trying to ban guns. They've already stole the Bible from your heart. They've put these perverted scriptures out to where there's no power in the church. And all the evil runs loose on the earth. That's the problem. We changed Bibles, we threw out the hymn book, and now this evil is running loose on the earth. Wasn't this way when I was young, folks. Wasn't this way 60 years ago. It was not. It was not this way in 1969. But it got that way since the new version of Bibles came out. That's how it got that way. they got these people killed, and Obama will soon be demanding for guns to be confiscated. And if the race war doesn't start before that, there will be a civil war based on the plans to confiscate weapons, or outlaw the weapons. They stole the spiritual power. It comes out of the King James Bible. Most people don't read it anymore. There's one other kind of power. The only other kind of power is physical power, and it comes out of a gun barrel. Here's a little poem, Going, Going, and Gone. Now, you think of these words, okay? Grimmer days are coming that you've ever seen before, than you've ever seen before. Things you never dreamed are going closer to your shore. Terror in the city and horror in the town. Every single neighborhood locked and battened down. Murder on the back roads, killing in the streets. Bodies lying in the park, sewed up in the sheets. Hiding in the nighttime, skulking in the day, talking just in whispers so they don't hear what you say. Living like a shadow with darkness coming on. Life in grim America, going, going, gone. Thus saith the Lord, amen and amen. That isn't a picture of some more thirds World country under siege by rebel forces. It's not a description of Nazi Germany. It's a prophetic look at what Americans had to look forward to under collective rule in the days to come. Lawlessness to be the normal in those days. Man, as under-generous man slaughters his fellow man just to survive. Cannibalism is going to be proud in in these kind of countries. These countrymen from cannabis to cannibalism to natural. By then. <laughs> This will be a drug-fueled society brought into being delivered by the ruling elitist to keep the adult citizens happy. A nation without God ruled by the God of this world, small g. Quite a sight. And it all leads to going, going, and gone. Uh, I'm sure I read that to you before. But I read it again for emphasis. We got a letter from uh, up north that says, Al, with the following, keep in mind, Obama just did a massive land grab in Texas with the Waco Mammoth National Park. And there's a company named Lenco out there, L-E-N-C-O. You can look it up on the Internet. Now, that now has over 500 New World Order armored vehicles in all 50 states and offers grants to local police in Texas for more. Recent intel data, in Texas, Department of Public Safety trooper states that several 18-wheelers carrying MRAP vehicles, that's those armored-type vehicles we use in Afghanistan and Iraq, were stopped near George West Texas on Highway 37. The reason for the stop is because the MRAPs were armed with machine guns mounted on their top turrets, or the top mount up there. The trooper stated that one of the drivers of 18-wheelers, they were dressed in civilian clothing, but were actually Army enlisted personnel. When questioned where they were going, the drivers of the 18-wheelers stated they had headed south towards the border. The Trooper's trooper states that several DPS troopers were involved in the stops and that the 18 wheel trucks and the MRAPs were seized, impounded, and the drivers of the 18-wheelers' trucks were detained. The Trooper also stated that they are under orders by the governor to stop, detain, and impound any military equipment being moved around the state, And that are on federal interstate highways and any military armed equipment vehicles being moved around the state and any roads or, or highways in Texas. This intel has been verified. Well, I'd pray the Lord for Texas in this case. I was told you to get out of your bed in the morning and pray. I woke up this morning and I think 2.57... Got out of bed about three-something. I prayed for at least 40 minutes. And then we hear about this shooting. We see this storm coming up. We're under flood watch here for three days, folks. And we're 200 miles from the coast. 200 miles. And we're under a seven-inch rain warning. Seven inches of rain. In a short time. Mr. Putin has got some big words to say. I'm going to read it to you what's going on here. Mr. Putin doesn't understand. The following reminds me, this person types of not only biblical prophecies in which God said he would put a hook in Russia's jaw and draw them down to the Middle East, it's in Ezekiel 38 and 39, so he can teach them a needed lesson, but also a prophetic word given to an assembly of prophets. Sometime back, it says Putin warns Israel, Moscow will not put up with Israeli strikes in Syria, even in response to an attack. Now, this fellow is a little misguided. At one point, he says the rapture must be ever so near. Well, the rapture is going to be is, is is coming, but it's not ever so near. Antichrist has not been revealed. We haven't started the first three and a half years of tribulation, but we're coming close. Putin warned Israel of targeting Israeli Iranian targets in Syria. President Vladimir Putin is concerned about Israel's repeated attacks in Syria. He said after talking for an hour and a half with President Barack Obama early on Tuesday the 29th on the sidelines of the U.N. General Assembly in New York, Putin agreed that Israel's security concerns must be taken into account in Syria, but that he was worried that the idea of periodic strikes on positions in the embattled country. Sunday night, the IDF hit Syrian missile targets with powerful Tammuz artillery rockets after two errant Syrian rockets landed on the Golan. We found out they weren't errant at all. They were targeted. Israeli forces are in the Golan Heights, which were annexed by Israel way back, probably 82, not before, not 67. files military sources report that they hit the artillery command post of the Syrian Army's 90th Brigade, which is stationed outside of a town called Quneitra. Syrian-Lebanese sources say the Syrian deputy commander was injured. That's wounded, okay? They that read wounded. These writers don't know wounded from injured, okay? The message that the Russian president issued straight after his meeting with Obama was that Moscow would not put up with Israeli strikes in Syria even in response to an attack. Wow, the guy says, with Russia now in Syria and the threats coming from Putin against the state of Israel, then the urgency of the situation in the Middle East has now pegged the needle to prepare for for war needle on the meter there. In the article below, Putin has threatened Israel not to respond to any kind of attack from out of Syria here is a quote. So if, anyone, if someone launches missiles at Israel out of Syria, then Israel is not to respond militarily. <laughs> well, I can tell you how that's going to go. And of course, here is a quote. The comments leading up to this point raise four questions. Why did Putin take the trouble to respond in person to a trivial incident like a cross-border exchange of fire from Golan directly after his highly important talks with Obama? Why was he still so concerned by this incident? It occurred just a week after Russian President and Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu had agreed in Moscow to set up a coordination mechanism to pre- prevent clashes of IDF and Russian forces. And in any case, and in any case, Russian forces were not involved. Apparently, they think of the uh, the recent little. Altercation. What was behind the statement issued by Israeli Defense Minister Minister Yoshi Dialan at the incident in which he stretched, with unusual emphasis, Israel's zero tolerance of Syrian rocket infractions of its sovereignty? Question mark. The two highly charged statements were obviously occasioned by a much more than errant cross-border fire from the Syrian side of Golan. Nipka's military file and sources report that answers to these conundrums are embodied in one individual. Brigadier General Saeed Azadi of the Iranian Revolutionary Guards whose presence and operations in Syria. Syria are a closely guarded secret. Or at least they were until Netanyahu let the cat out of the bag at his meeting with Putin last week at the Russian presidential residence outside Moscow. Now, this is not by maybe last week. This is a little old arrangement, right? The Prime Minister disclosed his knowledge that General Azidi had come to replace General Ali Aladadi, who died on January 18th in an Israeli airstrike against a convoy carrying the Iranian guards and Hezbollah commanders traveling near Kunitra. They were there to survey a site for mounting a terrorist campaign inside Israel the Israeli airstrike nipped this plan in the bud but Iran and the Hezbollah never gave up and General Yazidi is assigned to finish setting up a terror machine and getting it up and running well say what he's going to bite into another piece of lead up there he keeps messing around with Israel we can go Netanyahu gave Putin notice that Israel would not let this happen even if it meant deposing another of another Israeli Iranian general The Russian leader explained that Israel's attacks on Iranian military targets presented a problem because they weakened Bashar Assad. As matters stand, therefore, Russia and Israel are on a collision course. While Israel views General as a menacing adversary, Putin regards him as part of the Russian-Iranian axis or power up there in Syria and wants Israel to keep its hands off of him, this general. The point is of such paramount importance to the Russian leader's plans for Syria that he made a big deal out of it at the highest international forum. Almost a sequel to his first meeting with Obama in more than a year. He was signaling strongly that the arrangement for the Russians and Israeli armies to coordinate their operations in Syria is unworkable. Well, that's probably for sure, you know, that's probably true. And he was losing patience with Israel's security concerns and so far as they impeded his plans with, but Iran for Syria. Dibka's military sources say, Dibka military sources at the following. The Syrian rocket fire and Friday and Saturday was not, in fact, errant. It wasn't errant, as the IDF spokesman maintained. The rockets fired on the borders on the orders of the Iranian Brigadier Asidi as a demonstration that Israel's warning to Putin was a waste of time and he meant to go forward with his operations regardless. So, evidently, this message has been conveyed. That's what we're facing over there. There's going to be a twin strong strike, brother Bob saw it about six years ago, on Lebanon. I'm going to read what Bob said when he was chopping wood on his house. One thing he said that I had uh, sent out an email about a month, about two weeks ago. It's pretty far down. The computer's all messed up. Got his family problems out west. I asked my grandson uh, four years ago when he was here. I said, has anybody ever told you anything good about granddad? He couldn't answer. Well, I sent that letter that came from Sister Karen out in California about how she was healed of an infection while we were praying, and I say we, while we were praying, because it's not just me. There's some folks out there that are praying alone. I also would ask you all, remember Sister Karen, she's uh, overseas, and she had to terminate her email, so we can't contact her anymore. The dear saint of God, he worked at the Christian Embassy, and she got me and my friend in to see the Israeli liaison for the Christian Embassy, which is really not Christian anymore. At least they weren't when I was there in uh, about 2005. So we pray for her, Lord. I watch over her and keep her safe wherever she is and uh, she asked me she said if I buy a laptop can you bring it I said yeah Israel's only concerned about what comes into their country is only if it's weapons are they concerned so she had a laptop shipped and I took it to her Christian Embassy and dropped it off I just pray for her because she's She's out there on her own. She teaches English. All remember to pray for her. Bob says the following. He tells me this on uh, four September. Did the Father not forewarn that September 24 to 28 would be a watermark in the flow of human history? The book came here, folks. to Washington, Philadelphia, and New York. He shot down capitalism, he shot down instead of he shot down the way we we're doing things or did a lot of things which are anti American and basically communistic. We used to be Catholic. Anybody out there listening to the Catholic, we used to be Catholic until nineteen fourteen. And that the fourth quarter of 2015 will witness pathetic and dramatic changes that would affect human history and sport. Keep watching, folks. He said this a long time back. As hard as continuing in logging is, he's been putting wood up on his porch, you know. The Father keeps instructing, keep cutting, transporting, splitting, stacking, increasing the wood supply. When asked why, this work is hard, Lord, and you keep telling me more. Keep going and keep logging. Yep, you keep logging because what is coming will necessitate an increased wood supply. Pressing the conversation further, the father warned this is not just concerning what is about to break forth and burst upon the earth, nations, and mankind globally. This winter is going to be an exceptionally harsh but deep penetrating coal that will tax infrastructures both in above and below ground. Transportation, communications, electrical systems, beggars, schools, and office buildings, shops, stores, and strip malls, and closed malls, medical clinics of all types, refineries, manufacturing plants, facilities, military bases, even some hospitals will have to curtail their services, all stemming from the unusually deepening cold and resulting in a killer freeze gripping eastern geographic portions of America. Uh oh, here I sit, you know. <laughs> Much of America's heartland is going to suffer. This will affect geographic geological plates, stressing fault lines directly and indirectly, affecting magma chambers, not only those very deep within the Earth's structure, but also those magma chambers near the Earth's crust. Hence, increased dangerous and devastating volcanic activity potential. Heat. Heat, disinfect, and kill any waterborne impurities, he's telling us. He says, make sure there's no impurities in your water. And that's, you have to heat it and boil it. It says, just to warn, and call attention to how important and imperative a good, dependable source of heat is. you got a fireplace? You better get some wood in it. Get some wood stacks. I tell you what, folks. Wood is better than money in a bank. Wood is an asset. It will keep you from freezing to death. You got a stove, but you got to have a stove. You got to have a fireplace or an insert. Fireplaces waste eighty percent, five percent of the heat, by the way. Respectfully, my God and my Father, if what is being shown that actually evolves, many of our precious and fellow Americans will succumb to hypothermia. And or starve to death. Many have glibly said. Until hell freezes over. The above forementioned. May produce a frozen hell. Upon our beloved America. I pray not. Rather father. Please have mercy. Well. <clears throat> there's good news. If those are those folks. That are born again. They have enough care in this world, as long as they're praying and getting up to pray and worshiping God and doing it the right way. Singing the old hymns, having house churches, stay out of these spiritual cesspits. stay out of them. Now, I was blessed of going to a funeral service last week. And there was a little preacher up there, and that preacher gave a message, an altar call, and a funeral service, and I was blessed. I could not believe what I was hearing. I'd been going to funeral services up there or good old-fashioned services for 46 years. And this is the first one I ever heard on this magnitude that give an altar call and cried out for the sinners to repent. And I told my mama's best friend, Geraldine, in school when she was in school in 1926. Yolene, I want to have an altar call at your funeral. You're 92 and I want to have an altar call so your grandchildren and your grandchildren, great-grandchildren will get saved. And the Lord willing, y'all pray for me because it won't be long probably before that happens. We've got to be ready because it might be the last chance all of my cousins, kids, and relatives will have will have to get saved. It'll be a big funeral. Geraldine used to be six years old and my mom used to carry her through the snow. My mom was 12. My mom was a lanky, tall, skinny kid about five foot nine. She carried Geraldine through the snow drifts. Geraldine's mind is very sharp. Oh, her back is bowed with widowed widow's hump. But she's saved and born again. And <laughs> I... She asks questions when I'm talking all the time, just like people should. She asks more questions than most people ask. She's 92 years old. She's thinking. I tell people some of this stuff, they just sit there and look at me. The day's coming, folks, when they wish they'd listened. The day is coming when they would wish and shall wish that they had listened, that they'd ask questions. People talk to me, and then they go on the website, so they go on the Internet, and they find some bum stuff written about me, about being a general. Well, I've never, ever said I was a general, never. I never said I was a colonel. I did say I carried a Geneva Convention card, which said field-grade officer on it, it's the same as a major lieutenant colonel or colonel. But I was a civilian, had a commensurate pay grade. I'm not, I'm not smart enough to be a general. I don't think fast enough. I don't think fast enough to be a colonel, really, but I think of it overnight. I talked to an African, Afro-American fellow, and I told him I'm supporting Ben Carson. He said, well, I I like him being a doctor, but I don't support his politics. What? You don't support his politics? What politics? He's not a politician. He's just saying that he wouldn't support a Muslim president. Is that political? No, that's that's religious. That is spiritual. And that's okay. My Afro-American acquaintance that I talked to at the gas pump, you don't know, like Ben Carson's politics. i tell you what. 1991, my nephew was hit by a pickup truck on his skateboard. He was dragged into the truck. He died three times on the way to Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. I redid my program for the next day on Saturday. It was a Friday. He got hit. And I put on air for the folks to pray for my nephew, David. We prayed in one accord. We went up there on a a Monday. He was in intensive care, pediatric intensive care. He was wrapped all up and tubes running in and out of him. Dr. Carson let us in to pray for him. I let his mother in, brother Robin and his, and his father in. Only went three in, so I went out in the vestibule and prayed with my wife and others. In the lobby. Later, Tony Stefano from Edmonton, Maryland, came to pray. David had a pressure bolt in his head. They couldn't operate because he was about to die. Any slicing and drilling on the, and cutting on the skull would have killed him. We'll talk about that in a minute. So did Stefano prayed. The bolt pressure that Dr. Carson had put in the boy's head was reading normal 7 to 14. His his pressure was set towards 28. 7 14, salvation, deliverance. 28, tr- 28 is life. At that point, the Stefano started to pray, and three nurses watched their digital readout go right down to 14 while they watched. I said, across from Dr. Carson, two half-hour sessions in the next week or two. He said, I let you pray for that boy because he was dying. There was no hope. He was marginal. His head was swelling. His brain was swelling. If I cut on him, I would kill him. And I didn't want to be the one to kill him. So I let you pray. On the 14th day, that which is salvation deliverance, they took the tracheotomy trach tube out of his throat. The 17th day, they put him in the children's ward, victory. And the 100th day, child of promise, on the 100th day, he walked out of that hospital. And Dr. Ben Carson said there was no way the boy could live. There was no way without a miracle. He's now married and has two children. He lost his spleen, but that's all he lost. He had some scars on his back. It took a while to clear up. But he's perfectly wealthy today, healthy. Praying for him because the job he has is pretty risky. His mother came to me many years ago when he was about eight years old and said, Lord, just show me. My, my son's going to die as a martyr. I remember her words. She was she'd seen a vision. And I wrote to his father the other day, and I said, your wife told me some years back, many years back, that Dave was going to be a martyr. I said, I'm not praying that Dave won't be a martyr. I'm praying that if that happens in the Lord's timing, that his name will be spread across the world, as, his name will be spread across as having died a martyr for Jesus Christ, the son of a living God. There's no greater no greater death than to die of the death of a martyr for Jesus. Okay, folks, it's 9.03, according to my clock. i want to say a prayer for you before I leave. Thank you for listening. We still serve a great and glorious God. We don't have to fear. We know how the book reads, and we know what the last chapter says. We win. If we die in faith, we win. Pray for all your patriot friends, and pray for all your... Folks out there that don't know what's going on. Walk circumspectly. Be careful what you say to people and talk to them. There's a lot of people out there that would turn you in. You need to ask the Lord to send someone your way and then tell them about Jesus or tell them about whatever's going on. We're not living in a normal world anymore. You need to be prayed up and have faith. And like our... uh, Our sister told us that she had, uh, has she read her Bible. She says, thank God and bless you again. She says that, uh, she says, oh, since I've been reading and meditating with the only, with only the King James Bible, the Lord has been blessing and increasing my faith and knowledge. I've told you that's what would happen. Now I've got a written witness. I'm here because I love you. This job is not fun, folks. It's not fun. It's rewarding, but it's not fun. It's it's serious business. I have no fear. If I was feared fearful, I wouldn't be on this program. Okay? I told you some weeks back that a, a brother had prayed for a lady and she had cancer for seven years and she got healed. I'm waiting for a confirmation of that. I've only got the word of the individual who said he did the praying. So you need to be praying. We're going to see how this turns out. Heavenly Father, watch over the listeners. Watch over the producer. Watch over this network. Be with them, Lord. Guide them and direct them and keep them safe. We rebuke all fear in the name of Jesus. All fear and trepidation, we come against it by the blood of Jesus. Ask you to bless this network, bless brother brother Bruce and on and the other program, bless this producer. Watch over brother Bob. He has a, he has a has a very fearful job, Lord, a fearsome job to do, but we're going to do it by Thy grace. We're going to do it. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, Amen and Amen. If you want to write me, you can write to Al Cuppett, Box One One One, Wolfstown, Virginia. 22748. If you put Alcup at Wolfstown, Virginia, that's as much as you need. It'll get here. Put your return address on the back so it comes back to you. You don't want any kind of letters to go to the dead letter office if they don't get to me for some reason. Want them to come back to you. If you're so fearful you can't put your return address on the back, you better do a whole bunch of praying. You better do a whole bunch of praying. Okay, so uh, we'll see you next week, folks. See you later. Amen and amen. Bye-bye. Salam, salam.
0: Thank you, well, Ladies and gentlemen, Al Cuphead on Freedom Fighters from America World Radio. i will be back on this show on the first Thursday of next month. Thank you for tuning in, and have a great evening or great day, whatever time you're listening to the broadcast. Freedom Fighters for America World Radio is sponsored by Freedom Fighters for America.